Yo, 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 welcome. And boy, I've got a big question for you. Is it possible to make a business profitable without knowing a thing about the numbers? Find out next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That is the profit music. I like this music. I like that, too. Yeah. There's something very uh, profitable about it. It just engages me. Yes. Hey, AfterBuzzers, welcome to the Profit After Show, where you get to learn all about what the Profit episode was and unpack it and discover how you can build your own business even more effectively or support those that you love. Support is good. Mm-hmm. Support right. is always good. Support is good because you're kind of a supporter here. Actually, let me let me tell who I am. Then who you are tell you? who you are. Okay. And, and then, then we can support each other. We'll support each other like in delivering it. this incredible broadcast. So I'm uh, Chris Howard. <laughs> Once again, uh, you can reach out to me, please do. And you can find me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter as well as Instagram. Also go to legendarylivingdaily.com. Subscribe there and you'll get daily motivational, inspirational, entrepreneurial tips to help you build your business. And go to legendarylivingtv.com for my YouTube channel. Now over here to the lovely Katerina Kazayas. Hello, everyone. I'm Katerina Kazayas. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at... Katerina Kazayas, I make it easy. You can also find me via my website, which is globalgab.com. That's global-gab.com. And I gab with you about all of your top trending international headlines because I think it's important that we know what's going on in the world just outside of our little bubble here. Yeah, I like to stay in my bubble, but <laughs> I like to hear about one little global thing per day when we do our profits. All right. So, so the, the, global, the top trending global headline for, yes. the, for, the, for the day, if you can believe it, is actually... The U.S. presidential debate. Oh, really? <laughs> that trended globally around the world. It did. People are focused here, all eyes, whether you're government, whether you're just a regular citizen in a random country. Uh, people are focused on a random what the country. Heck, you know, a random country. Madagascar. What makes you random? Okay, Madagascar. Madagascar. That's such a cool random. country, though. Okay, but but, um, <laughs> but no, people are people are looking at this thing like, is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be Hillary? And uh, and you know, if you think about it, that's a global issue for someone that's not domestically American. So right, domestically American. Right. Do you have to be both to qualify for that I, I, uh, designation? <laughs> <laughs> domestically American. So uh, okay, so you watched the debate. You liked it. I did watch the debate. You know what? This is my thing. Yeah. Um, I'll be really honest. I think yeah. Trump's a bloody idiot. Okay, I really do. Um, but I find Hillary is so lacking in charisma. Right. She sounded fine. She sounded good. She sounded very scripted. I just yeah. don't get the passion that I got from Bill out of the Clinton name. It's hard to get um, the passion Bill now, had. Do I think yeah. <laughs> she is supremely better qualified than he is? I personally think so, yes. I mean, she's got 30 years of right. experience behind her in government, in foreign policy, and all these things that is going to make sure, I think, that we won't go into World War III. Right. Um, so I'm a little nervous about him. The rest of the world is a little bit nervous about him. Yeah. Uh, but that's my personal opinion. So that's And you're sticking to it. I am. Yeah. No, what I thought was interesting about the debates, and I'll just touch on this quickly, was that uh, Hillary Clinton, she, she plastered that smile on. And I'll tell you what. That did, that worked wonders for her. Finally, in this finally, <laughs> yeah. Well, she didn't have the uh, the extreme charisma uh, as uh, that Bill Clinton obviously has brought to the table mm. since the beginning. Uh, she, that smile made all the difference in the world for her. So it absolutely warmed up her character. I actually wrote down my notes for the debate that I wanted huh. to, uh, and I thought, huh, okay. yeah, they, they could, they could uh, I might send them on to the candidates. So. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now, if I had to ask you, whose temperament do you think is better? 
Well, I mean, you know, obviously it's going to be her temperament. But uh, what I will say is, boy, Trump's got that, uh, I guess that tactic in politics is called projection. Whenever somebody mm-hmm. says, attacks your temperament, you say, well, look at your temperament. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the... Uh, He's mastered you know, that sort of offense is my defense. Yeah, offense is my defense. Anything right. you call me, that's, that's what you are. Right, right? Right, and, right, But that usually only works if there's not a whole lot of research that's being done on the backside to mm-hmm. discover... Uh, what's really behind it because typically it's a it's a weakness that you have if you have to go back and attack sure. the other person. Who do you think of these two is going to be better for American business? For American talking business? Talking about the profit. Uh, you, you know, it's it's very... Di- well, it depends on what you call American business. Are mm. we talking uh, with Overseas trade agreements <laughs> or without trade agreements? <laughs> right. uh, I, you know, the trade agreements, I think, are... You know, there's there's some stuff that hasn't been worked out with that, and a lot of it's been done in secret because they th- they don't want people to know about what's being negotiated because they think it would bog down the process more. And well, the Trans-Pacific Partnership has all been done in in secret. Right, it scares me a little bit. And it, that it, one. it is scary because yeah. it does, I believe, put more power in the hands of the big corporate business. elites and big business Terrible. to the detriment of small business owners. But anyway. We are here talking about business, so it's a perfect transition, perfect segue, uh, and we're talking small business today. Yes. Uh, we're talking, uh, well, let's see, what was the name of this business? It was Murchison Hume. I have to say that because the name is really important in this episode. Murchison Hume is the name, and they, they create uh, and they, uh, they manufacture and they distribute uh, cleaning products, home cleaning products. Now... Katarina Kazayas was developing herself and her uh, talent <laughs> in another part of town earlier tonight. Yes. And she rushed to get over here. In fact, she was in such a hurry and she felt so anxious about it that we need to send her some cleaning products for her car. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what that means. Sure. I'll yeah, take that, them. It sounded horrible. Okay, I'll <laughs> take them. My car actually does need washing. Oh, does it need yes. washing? Okay, so there you go. I don't know. That that yeah, maybe it was maybe that. You're uh, that up. No, I think I was thinking worse. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> she rushed to get here. She made it in, uh, but wasn't able to watch the entire episode. You know, I, okay I, I am going to apologize ahead of time for anyone watching because I yeah. did miss the first at least 20 to 25 minutes of this episode. So yeah. I came in a little bit late. No, it missed you. It, it did miss me. I, could, I felt <laughs> missed. I felt missed. I was stuck in some incredibly intense and heavy Los Angeles traffic tonight. See, if somebody can come up with a solution oh. for that, an innovative business and solution. send it to me in a bottle. In a, in we can all make money. <laughs> there you go. But, um, but I will catch up. I did catch the, the end half. Right. The final half of this episode, and sure I have did. my thoughts, uh, but I will let you run with most of it. Yeah, well, no, we're going to talk about this. Uh, so sure. uh, when, when he comes into the business, he comes in to look at the business. It's called uh, Murchison Hume. And the, the funny thing about that name is that she pulled it out of the ethers. Max, the owner of the company, pulled it out of the ethers. She thought it sounded good mm-hmm. What do you for think what of she wanted to create. Uh, no, it's a weird name. It's it's not. Uh, it doesn't relate to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, They always say in marketing, if you have a, a can of Campbell's tomato soup, you want to read what's on the label and know what's in the can, mm. and you couldn't read what's on the label and know what's in the product. See, I had a different take on the name. I actually like the name. Do you? I thought it had a little bit of an exotic, um, opulent feel to it. Well, so did what she. I, well, so did she. Yeah. What I think may have helped her was to add, you know how books have the title and then they have a subtitle? Subtitle, yeah. I think if she had had a sub title a sub label to her label right that just clarified what exactly this product is because i do agree with you the name doesn't tell you and the icons didn't tell you so if you just see this product on a shelf you have no idea what it's for right and that's the thing and i think when marcus first came in the, the name was a big issue for him because it, it was a disconnect between the product and they had icons yes. on the bottles too that were they're all cleaning products right 
icons on the bottles that were that had nothing to do with what that particular product was used for. So she had, for example, and I don't know if it, I, might, I might say the bottle wrong, but there was a bottle of uh, bathroom cleaner with a picture of a woman with a French bun on her head. Hmm. And it's like, where? how would you possibly know what's inside that? That this is meant to clean your bathtub. Product, right? yeah. Could it be shampoo? Could it be facial cleanser? You don't know. Yeah, and what's interesting mm-hmm. is she did come from a background of, she had a an editorial magazine background, mm-hmm. so she was ah. into the design of things and the way things looked. But what I found also in business is that some people that, that you know claim to be in quote-unquote marketing have, are so conceptual with things that they get so far away that you have no clue what it is. Now, because I missed the episode, what was yeah. her... Um, Career background, her professional career background. background? She, she came from she an, a magazine okay. background. Okay, all right. Uh, and it was, uh, I, I believe, it might have even been fashion. Mm-hmm. So she had, uh, you know, she had an eye okay. for aesthetics and looks sure. and that type of thing. Okay. Um, but the the Marcus would have had a, an issue with keeping the the main title too because it really had it's almost like a waste of a word. If you had mm-hmm. one word to sell your product and right. that was all you could use to sell your product. Would it be something that was a made-up name that was totally unrelated to anything that it did? Can you say it for me again? Uh, Marcheson Hume. Marcheson Hume. Hume. Say that five times fast. Yeah, Marcus said it sounds Marcus like a, a law firm. Hume. <laughs> it you know, like he's really like, done. why would you possibly? Marcus and Associates. Yeah, sure. exactly. And Sons, right? And Sons, yes. Yeah. Uh, and why would you possibly do that? Um you know, my friend, I've got a different by the name of Mark Victor Hansen. You might have oh, of heard course. of him. Yeah, yes. he wrote, he co authored the Chicken, Chicken Soup for the Soup Soul for the books. Soul, yes, with Jack Canfield. With Jack I love Canfield. Those books. Yeah, they co authored. And they, they sold over 300 million books. So that's a, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot more than either of my books. And <laughs> uh, But they sold over 300 million books. And what Mark says is that with the title, if you're doing a book title, for example, you want to sell the, the soul first or so, sell the heart first and the head second. Ah. So to your point about taglines uh you know like chicken soup for the soul is is the heart you get the spirit of that comfort and you get the warmth and you get the invitation to read it right and then if they say stories short stories to rekindle the spirit then you get what it is Mm -hmm. right with the tagline with with the yep yeah to your point Mm -hmm. but murchison hume i don't get any relationship whatsoever to to the product yeah and it's like why are you going to waste your word space Mm. um he uh, so Marcus was really keen on having her change it, but she didn't want to change it, and she fought for uh, holding on to that. Well, I came in half an hour late, and she was still fighting. She was still fighting to save that name, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, and I think that was the big thing with this episode was she had her ideas of what the brand should look like, should feel like, and neither the look nor the feel was geared toward any particular target market. Mm. She said that, you know, the, he, when he <laughs> broke it down, he said, this sounds like it's a brand for aristocrats. Uh, I want to, I keep saying aristocrats, <laughs> like the cartoon. Aristocrats. Aristocrats. An aristocratic brand. Well, it, it, it's an aristocratic name. That's actually a great word for it. Right. That's what I got hit with. Now, I. But, but do aristocrats clean their own bathtubs? Yeah. And right? who of them go shopping you in the, you know, for I don't know where they sell these. crew or someone else to do that for you? Yeah. Do they sell it online? Do they sell it to, I, don't, I, I never actually got even clear about what, are they selling it through, oh, they do. They sell it in stores and they had it at the container store. How often do aristocrats go shopping at the <laughs> container store? Hmm. Have you been to the container store? I have. Really? No. I mean, I've never had no. You I've just been, lied. I've been to Costco. You just lied. Same. I did just lie. Was it just to be cool or to go <laughs> no, with the flow of the show? No, it was just to show you that as an aristocrat, to... I've oh. never been there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, no, I've never been there. I don't even know what it is. Is it <clears> like really? a Costco? 
I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, container? Well, I I'll know. reveal and say I know nothing about okay. it either. No, I think it's one of those, uh, like, low-priced housing goods Oh, wow, like just warehouses. where you get everything in mass bulk. Like yeah, some... I guess like, a, well, I wouldn't say like a Costco. I'd say okay. I think the container store is a little smaller. Like a little and little more, it's, uh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like if you went into World Market or if you went to, you okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like where they have uh, unique, funky disc. Stuff. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Okay. I would think so. I, I right. could have All it right. wrong. We'll I apologize, Container Store. If you, if you at home know, tweet us. Do tweet us. Yes. yes do tweet us. And then uh, before the end of the episode, I want to talk about what, because uh, you had you ah, reached out. Ah, but keep yes, it. Keep but it to yourself. Yeah. Stay with us till the Stay end of this us. episode. We do have something we have some special. Right. Oh, we have a call in, I think. We have a call in. Perhaps. Just out of no place? We'll wait for God to come down with his voice. And How do we know. find that out? Or are they just, <laughs> is that. Do you want to take the call? Again? Yes. Yeah, who is it? Let's do it. We don't know. Let's find Woo, out. Okay. Call surprise. I hope it's not like a 900 reverse number. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Hey, who's this? This is KJ. Hi, KJ. KJ, what's happening? <laughs> Nothing much. How are you guys? <laughs> good, good, good. Thanks for calling. I've never taken a call in on one of these shows. <laughs> KJ, <laughs> well, I'm glad I was the first KJ, one. KJ, yeah. What do you have to share with us? Um, what are you guys talking about right now? We're talking about The Prophet. Did you watch the episode? This last episode of The Prophet with Marcus Lemonis? I did not, unfortunately. Huh. Did you ask to talk to us, or did you ask to talk to anybody here? Um, I just dialed the last number, and my girl dialed. Oh, really? Oh, that's so funny. Maybe she was watching one of our other shows. Interesting. Cool. She might have been. Do you guys watch <laughs> After Buzz TV? Yeah, I do. I, um... I watch Bad Girl Club, so I usually watch that one. Oh, cool. Awesome. So were you calling to check up on who your girl was calling to? Yeah, because <laughs> it was a weird number. Like that's 44. amazing. <laughs> well, she's not cheating with either of us, we assure you. Oh, okay. Thanks for calling. She can keep calling on then. She's not cheating. She can keep calling on. That's so funny. <laughs> well, KJ, listen, keep watching After Buzz TV, and yeah. thank you for calling in. I will. Thank you. Cool. All right, Have a thank great you, day. So fun. That was great. Yeah. Hey, call us. Hey, call <laughs> us. Know, right? really, I didn't even it, know we could take calls really like that. It really felt to me like you know, like telephone surprise, like back in 1987, yeah, where the phone me, rang and you just had to answer it. Had right? me totally there was no in display. suspense. There yeah. was nothing. So that was kind of fun. I so it. yeah, if you want to call into us, please do. That was fun. But make sure you've been <laughs> watching the Prophet if you do. <laughs> So moving on from the name. So yeah. So we well, there was. A, it wasn't just the name when he came in. I think this was, and this is what stayed throughout the whole episode. Sure. So when he came in to look at this business, it's a you know it's a home cleaning cleaner business. They okay. create home cleaner. That's an eco uh, conscious home cleaning business, okay, which is probably what attracted Marcus to it in the first place because right. he's always. Yeah. He's got a social conscious to him. Yeah, and there's a market for that type of a product for sure. Mm-hmm. If they can find you know, the sweet spot, how to make it work and everything. They had done about $900,000 in revenue the year before, okay. but they lost $477,000. Oh, On what? Bad management? Which is insane. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you, I guess you could chunk everything to that, you know, but uh, there was the cost of goods sold was too high. It was, mm-hmm. kind of, it was I think it was like, what, it's $1.79 per bottle. That sounds incredibly cheap to me. Actually, it does sound cheap, but by the time it gets to the market, because the, you've got the retailers that double the price, okay. uh, they also oh, so have... so that was the cost. Yeah, I, I believe that's what he said. Okay. They had, uh, let's see, total uh, cost is $129, okay. but it was $129 
twenty nine oh, to produce, but it was, it was still 50 sitting. Cents, yeah, right. the fifty cents. Yeah. It was sitting in Chicago. Okay. So what they would do is they'd manufacture the product in Chicago, ship it to Dallas to store to store and do product fulfillment. Mm. So they, and therein they lost fifty percent, fifty cents in the transport to Dallas on the bottle, which then got doubled by the time it hit the uh, retail outlet. They had the, they double their cost. When wow. they sell it wholesale to the retailers, then the retailers double it again. So by the time it hit the retail market, the product was nine dollars okay. uh, a piece. Which... It, it looked like a nine dollar bottle to me. Yeah, but uh, what Marcus Marcus made the point that most of those types of products would sell for around five to six dollars. Mm. So the cost was prohibitive in terms of uh, people wanting to do it. Sure. And the way Marcus saw it was that there were two barriers to entry to uh, getting anybody to, to purchase this product. Okay. One was the price, okay. and the other was the look and feel of the product. It was the name, the it was the logo, the aristocratic name. product that was selling to no particular target For market. For $9 a bottle, yeah. right? I think, and, and, and hence the So you the could buy problem. that and wash your face with it at that price. You could do, yeah, yeah I mean, you could, uh, I, I, I don't even know where to go with that. You could wash anything with that, you know? Um, but... But uh, so, yeah, so these two big barriers to entry in terms of making the pro- uh, making the purchase. But in addition to that, not only were there barriers to entry, there was no it wasn't geared toward any target market. Hmm. So it was all over the map. I don't. And quite frankly, when I saw that Marcus had gone into this, I was wondering why. Interesting. Why? What is there there to, uh, to salvage? Ad- right. And, 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 and uh, did you answer your own question? By the end of the episode? Well, he found some value. Uh, he, they had, she had trademarked a term called best of show or best in show, best of show. Best of show is okay. the term that they use in ah. uh, animal shows and uh, best in show, best okay. of show. Okay. Yeah. So they had actually trademarked that term and they got that term for cleaning products. Mm-hmm. And so he saw that there was value in another line of products specifically for pet stores, which aligned with. Oh, his pet stores. His pet that stores he has. Uh-huh. and those companies. Huh. And so his deal that he negotiated was he offered them a quarter of a million. She wanted a million. Okay. She wanted a million. <laughs> she wanted she, a million. She valued her company at that. Uh, well, she said, wow. he, he asked her, he said, how much do you think you need? Because he just had this uh, six cents, the idea that she was going to ask something out of the ballpark. Yeah. That was in the clouds. She said that she felt she felt she needed a million. He said, "Well, I'm not going to give any more than a quarter of a million, and I'm going to need fifty percent." Oh wow! What, what do you think about that? Just that uh, that kind of an offer on a business that was doing that did nine hundred thousand the year before with four hundred and seventy seven. Well, you know uh, what? The, the, I mean, you lost a half a million dollars. Right. So why on earth would he put in more than double that? I mean, right. I think it was fair and safe of him and generous of him to put in a fifty percent on the loss. Yeah, you know, and, where and would still you ever get a valuation of a million? I mean, that was ludicrous. Yeah, if she wanted a million and she didn't right. even know he was going to want fifty percent, right? <laughs> if she was asking a million, then what well, she values the company at, even if she only valued it at but two the million. Terms of those that deal changed, did it not? She so she renegotiated, and you don't see this often. She made a counter offer, sure, and we don't see that often. She made a counter offer. And uh, she said, well, that's too much and blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what her counter offer was. But he ended up coming and said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give you, a, I'll give you the 250 for 30% of the company, hmm. but I want 70% of the best in show brand. Oh, wow. So that, and, and I think that's interesting. I get mm-hmm. that he saw the value of the trademark. Mm-hmm. It would be tough. Like if he wanted to do a cleaning product of some sort, 
Right. Um, and they had best in show and he did best of show. He wouldn't be able to get it because it would be too similar. Yeah. So they, he would be denied a trademark okay, because so he liked that brand. So, so it was worth was, something he, to him. Right. Okay. So he was willing to take a step back from her original brand, but he covered himself on the brand that he really wanted to buy into. Right. It was like a two tiered okay. offer. It made sense. Mm-hmm. He was going to get more of this brand. Uh, it was a good deal, I think, for him. Two hundred and fifty wasn't too much to risk. Although, shit, it, well, you could go to file your own trademark report and you know pay what a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars to get your trademark filed, and you're all set, yeah, you're all yeah. ready to go, and you didn't have to pay a quarter of a million and, and take on the albatross of this business that had no particular and, target and market and wrong the branding. business's CEO, who seemed incredibly inflexible. Yeah, exactly. Right? She didn't seem very willing to uh, to play. Nice. And, and what was interesting, too, is I didn't hear Marcus at any point say that he was 100% in control on this one. Mm. And he said his goal was going to be to give her some money, make the contacts for her, and get out of her way and let her do her business. Wow, he must really wanted to buy into this. I Yeah, well, it was just, but it was a, a low, I mean, 250 grand. I mean, it's not yeah, it's nothing. Not it's not well, peanuts, but, it's not but at the same time, either, it's right? not. Uh, it doesn't match some of his bigger investments. Mm. Um, on a business that's losing money... Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why he did it. But there, I, I see something in the best in show. If he could okay. if he could capitalize on the people within that business to uh, guide the manufacturing, guide the distribution, and make the contacts, kind of be the uh, the errand boys. Sure. Now, I was still <laughs> on the highway at this point. What happened next? What happened next? My God. So he comes in. Uh, let's see. Max is struggling with being CEO. Uh, he takes her. Oh, he goes in. So he goes into the container store where she sells the stuff mm. and he goes in to see how their placement is and stuff. And he gets there and the, the, the shelving looks amazing. It's on a, it's on the end of an aisle. Okay. So it, it's so really nice, uh, prominent nice placement. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so he's looking at, he's like, wow, this is really great. But then he finds out that the uh, Murchison Hume, I'm never going to get used to saying that they sent somebody over to clean up the shelving, change their product placement within the store, ask the store if they could change it for the episode. Oh, you're joking! Yeah. So that wasn't a, that wasn't originally where it was placed. Exactly. Well, it was on the same. It was on the end of the aisle, but they had one shelf compared to all shelves, oh, and wow. it was a poorly placed shelf, meaning that uh, because these products will be placed based on how well they do. Mm. So, so the better that, you do, the better placement you get, right. which so again fuels the better you do. Exactly. Right? So she was giving the illusion that she was doing better than she was. Mm, well, she gave a lot of illusions in that this episode. That was the point. Look, you came to the same I, You know, and I only caught the last half, but I, I see where this is going. Yeah. Absolutely. So she, it was like she kept putting on this facade, mm. trying to make it appear that she was doing well, better than what she was. she was after a million dollar valuation. So. Right. Right. And she seemed to be in complete denial throughout the entire episode. And we got mm. that, like, mm. you know... After one circumstance after another, one example after another, so uh, so he was upset and and rightfully so because if she's uh, leading him to believe that it's doing better than it's doing, he doesn't know what to fix. Well, I think there you know it's important to have integrity in business, especially when you're dealing right. with a business partner. Yeah. So if you aren't a hundred percent sure that someone is coming to the table with all hands on deck, yep, um, it gets you know very difficult to be part of that partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I learned that lesson, actually, because I had made a mistake at one point in my business. I think that uh, 
I miscalculated. It's not that I miscalculated expenses. What I did was I, I maybe I put some of my own money in or something to pay for something. I think I did that. I think I covered something with my own money rather than business monies. Mm. And my partner went off on me. He was really upset as CFO. Mm. He was upset because I was giving him false ideas of the true cost of what it was that we were doing. I think I was, I was teaching a seminar okay. and I'm going to Hawaii to teach next week, by the way. So oh, you're here on your own. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Like I'm teaching a seminar called billionaire bootcamp in Hawaii. Wow. So it's breaking down Fantastic. the billionaire mindset and installing really? it with hypnosis. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very I cool. Come to that? Uh, you've got to be okay, here and do the profit. Do I know. Yeah. Stay with me. People. I'll be here for you next <laughs> so week. So Katerina Kazayas is on her own on the show next oh. week. I'll be in Hawaii at the Hilton Waikoloa. I love wow. it there. Yeah. My favorite. Very resort. Nice. I'm sure you'll do great. I love it. It's been yeah. a, it's been a while since I've been out there, so it'd be good fun. But um, but so, I see what you're saying. So you're, I was running an event, and I paid for let's say let's say I paid for the hotel rooms, or I paid sure, for a like venue or something, or whatever on my it. own right. rather okay. than with business expenses. He got upset. I thought I was doing something noble, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Wait a second, I don't know what the real costs are for this event." Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, in my case, it was just naivety, and it very well could have been the same for her. Um, but. You can't build a business on false assumptions. Mm. Yeah. So lesson, folks. Yes, good lesson. Good lesson. lesson. Write that one down. Can't build a business on false assumptions. Yeah. So, uh, or you can try in the beginning and then get clearer, but uh, which is what we were doing essentially, right? So he tore tore a new one for that. Mm. Um, Let's see. He he makes his offer. He's in, uh, and they go to working on the label. Uh huh. This is where I came in. It is. Yes. So what did you see? So I showed up and I saw a few different variations of a new label that they were playing with. Uh, they changed the original name. They tried the initials M and H. Right. To stick with the theme, and I think and, they. And I'll, I'll let you know that sure. before she did this, yes. he had asked her to change that to get rid. Really, yeah, he, they change, get, okay. yeah they had gotten clear that he wanted to move away from sure. that. But keep going. Uh, they had uh, a second title, which I think was called um, Med and Home. May Home. She, she May, brought May Home. this. Yeah. She wanted the M&H to stick there. But she had an associate who came up with something completely different called Clear Evolution. Yeah, I think it was Cleaning Evolution. I like Clear Evolution Cle- better clean, than Cleaning clean, Evolution. I think it was Clean Evolution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah clean, evolution. clean Evolution. With, uh, again, an image that was a little more descriptive of what the product was. Right. A.K.A. it featured a bathtub rather than a woman with a French bun on her head. Right. Uh, I thought it was clean. It looked simple. It was clear as to what the product was about. Right. Uh, she wasn't having it. Not at all. She got really upset. This was my introduction to her. Was she stormed out of the room and, and it refused to even discuss yeah. a label change. See, I think it's amazing that they did 900 grand. I, I think that's amazing that they got that far with that type of branding. Mm-hmm. With and, and that may have been part of what Marcus saw. Right. Uh, as a pull to invest in this business. If yeah. they were able to do a million dollars in revenue with absolutely no process in place, with no targeted marketing, right? Um, what could they do with all of those things in place? If he, probably probably right. triple that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know? If they, uh, um, even much more than that, actually, if they more, were, yeah. Right. With the right distribution. Right. Target and the right, market. Right. Know, uh, cost, uh, incentives and the whole thing yeah right. yeah and especially with i mean then if you brought in the pet store side of mm-hmm. things and with his distribution through the pet and stores best of, and, uh, shop what was it yeah. best of uh um best, best, best of, of uh sale? best of show best of show yeah Thank so but for show dogs and stuff like mm-hmm. that and she had show dogs that were there sure, and yeah. so she he he did see that and he saw the value in that and there was value although i i would think that a lot of this stuff would sell better online personally i don't know mm. um no, you'd have to have some pretty big distributorships to uh, yeah, to, to really to push. It. You'd orders. have to pull a lot, yeah. push a lot of that product. Yeah. Um, 
but in any case, she so she fought tooth tooth and nail for those products. And you saw they brought Kathy Ireland in. Hello, Kathy, if you're out there. She's a Facebook friend. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> Kathy, we think you're great. Yeah. Uh, this is really, Kathy Ireland is a woman who, in my opinion, has just really done well in terms of taking her original success, which was in the field of modeling, right? Yep. Anyone that remembers Kathy Ireland. Beautiful lady. In the early 90s, right on the cover of Sports Illustrated, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yep. And she um, really leveraged her name and became a mogul in her own right, right, starting the Kathy Ireland brand of home goods, of everything. I think she's worth about $400 million. Well, they, he said that she was sitting on top of a billion-dollar billion uh, empire. empire. Yeah. And now she she hosts her own business show. I mean, she really has... has, has she's a neat lady. Wait, we'd love to have you come on oh, here. Kathy, uh, Kathy come great. and chat with us. Yeah. yeah, if you'd like to come and break down one of the episodes. Mm -hmm. um, if you can beat Marcus here. He's ready. We're... We've invited Marcus a few times, too, although we, I, Marcus, I, I suspect we'll you. get Marcus on board. Uh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Okay, maybe you need to reach out to him. I reached out three <laughs> times. I know he doesn't want to be bothered, but... <laughs> we'll get to him. Come and join us, Marcus. Uh, so let's see, let's see. So they fought. she fought tooth and nail for that. Um, I think he saw that it wasn't going uh, very far. He, um, he, Marcus, saw that she wasn't being receptive. Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, she was really tough to change, and she was uh, holding on to all of the preconceived notions. I mean, I guess as a business owner, to change something as uh, substantial as the name, for a lot of people, that would kind of shake them up. But uh, in this case, it just the name just seemed like a total disconnect from what they were doing. Right. Uh, so let's see. Where do we go from there? Uh, then she pulls out at one point and she says, I want to talk to you. And she pulls him out to renegotiate the deal. What do you think about that? First of all, they had an agreement. Right. They had shaken hands on the agreement. The agreement, again, was 250 for 30% of right. the, the main business. Yes, but you learned And fast. she comes back and says, I want to renegotiate. I want more. Now, Excuse me? Yeah. Now, the when you came in on that part, what did you feel about that? And first off, mm. why did he only get a handshake? Because usually, isn't it more? Well, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of this has to be based on his allowing time to do the due diligence. So, so I don't he's think it's binding on either side, correct. Got it. I think it's in protection of him. Got it. That Smart. they don't go and further into the paperwork and the signatures and the legalities. Right. Which I think is smart if that's the case. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. So he's But I mean again, at the end of the day, a gentleman's handshake is supposed to mean something, right? Especially that's if it's on word. camera. <laughs> back to the back to the issue of integrity in business, I think. You know, with her. Right. And, or lack thereof. Well, if it's on camera and there's documentation of it, it's a deal, right? Sure. Uh, so she wants more. She says she feels like she didn't get enough. And you know what? I, I'll be honest. I At one point when I was, I, was, I think I was 26 or 27 years old, I did something dumb like that. Last I went year? back and Yeah, yeah last year. <laughs> last thank year. you so much. No, but I went back and I tried to renegotiate yeah. because I was bringing so much value to the table was when I before I had my own companies, uh, so I had an employer that hired me, yeah. and I w I came in. I was the best salesperson. I was speaking. I was training on the road. I was teaching NLP and hypnosis mm -hmm. around North America, and I was the had been the best salesperson there. And I said, I want to re uh, renegotiate this, and it was wrong. Mm -hmm. I knew it was like I didn't know it was wrong actually at the time. Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought oh, I'm getting a bad shake. Afterwards, in retrospect, with a little maturity, mm -hmm. I look back and I'm like, that was wrong. That, that sure. I shouldn't have gone back into. I had a deal. And you don't go renege on that deal, um, so you know I, I could chunk, I could throw it in the basket of naivety again. And it, on her part, it's likely that a lot of it is. And you know, so these bad business decisions mm -hmm. that she's making, 
could end up being wisdom at some point. Although, I although I did get the feeling that a lot of this was driven by her sense of ego. Yes. Uh, and entitlement. And entitlement. Did you read yes. the entitlement? Yes. Yeah, that was the thing. So there, there could be a little naivety and a little immaturity in business, but I think yeah. there's a there's a, a character flaw for me with Max. It was almost like a... Uh, a little... You know how I kind of felt about it? It was like when I meet people who are kind of spiritually entitled, they mm-hmm. like this, they've got this holier-than-thou attitude, and they, it's like a spiritual arrogance. And this entitlement, it's like because I, it's got to be spiritual because it's certainly not based on any kind of revenue they're making. <laughs> She's in the hole. Right, yeah, right. so it's got to be, I don't know where the arrogance right. is coming from, but it's an entitlement, thinking yes. that we're worth so much. No, you're worth as much as you uh, have proven yourself to be worth. And they hadn't proven much. They've proven that they could lose $477,000, right. so I don't get it. Uh, so they argued around about it. Uh, let's see. Eventually she, he goes in to meet with the husband and they both shake hands on the original deal. (laughs) I don't get it, man. Her husband, her husband, Peter, she was certainly running the show there, but, um, but you know, they, Marcus came back in. Peter says, no, no, we're good with the original deal. They shook on that again. And you're kind of wondering, well, what what is this all about? Wasted time, wasted energy. Yeah. Um, but the, but the funny thing is at the end of the day, the need for drama. They, he walked away. Yeah, well, I mean, if we want to, uh, yeah, if we want to Sorry, fast forward to that point, I know you are, but I mean, the only thing that uh, we needed to point out that also happened Sorry, before that, yes. no, that's all good. But the only thing that we needed to point out was the other big major thing that happened was she had uh, she had said that she had two hundred and eighty thousand dollars in goodness. inventory. I'm sorry, this is pretty major. Yeah, it is pretty major because yeah. when they go over the books, you know, Marcus is under the assumption that there's two hundred and eighty grand that's monetizable sitting mm-hmm. someplace that they can go exchange for cash, and it, it, when it when they get to the, uh, to the warehouse, mm-hmm. it turns out that it's only forty seven thousand dollars uh, worth of product. Eight thousand dollars worth of product. Instead of two hundred and eighty that she sold him on when he put his quarter of a million in, so he he paid a quarter of a million for thirty percent of a business that, that he thought had, had monetizable inventory yes. in the amount of two eighty. Yes, and he finds out it's only forty k. And so she oh. says, he says, "Well, what do you make of that?" And she says, "Well, I, I guess what happened is we must have sold it between the time we started talking and now." And he's like, "Well, if you sold it, there'd be a quarter of a million dollars in the bank. Where is it?" Right. So if you sold it, you'd have the cash. Where's the cash? And and her aunt sir was repeatedly yeah i don't know you're talking to the wrong person but who else is there to talk well, to? i don't know well, who's gonna know then yeah i i think this business if you were to make a prediction for this business what do you predict oh no i think this business is going to be out of business within a year yeah i think they're they're uh, they, they can't sustain another year or or maximum two of no half i mean a how dollar losses yeah how often no, how long can you go you're losing in business that? to make a profit not lose a profit yeah and i'm not convinced that she's going to go and change the branding no. after all of this or do anything I don't think different that she was receptive to learning anything right or absorbing any of his ideas yeah um which is a shame yeah it seems to me that that Business is going no place, probably will. And he walked away from the business, Marcus which was a away. good thing. He was not able to work with them. Yeah, and uh, that's not that's very rare that he does that. However, he was spot on in doing it because that, that that would scare the hell out First of me of to all, be involved with him. No, I mean, you know, and and, and like he pointed out, uh, I, I I believe that he didn't believe that they were lying and they right. weren't thieves. They didn't steal the inventory. Yeah. They didn't steal the cash. But what made Marcus nervous was the fact that they were so flippant. About it. About it. About the need to know you're, these you're missing details. Missing hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory or product. Yeah, more than Where that. Where is it? Yeah. Or or if it if you never had it in the first 000. place, yeah. 
how off are your numbers? How off in other areas is right. the business off kilter? Yeah, and it was right? off so, in many places like Right, that. and the fact that they weren't concerned concerned him, right. concerned Marcus, and that would have concerned me as well. Oh, yeah, it would have consumed, uh, consumed and concerned. And- <laughs> <laughs> it would have done both. But it's a, you know very valid uh, yeah. reasons that he ended up walking away. I wish her luck, although I really don't see that she's going to turn that around unless she has a life crisis of some sort that uh, wakes her up. In fact, if I were Marcus, I don't know how much money he sank into it. It didn't look like he sank a lot of money into it. I don't think he was too far into it. I don't think he was into the Well, they moved the warehouse. They did some things. Because I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to go back and negotiate for a portion of that uh, Mm. Best in Show brand still uh, in exchange for the money already put in and the time already put in. Uh, He may may not do that. Hmm. You had, uh, you, yeah, small, you had an update. Uh, so an, we have an update. I have an here. update. We have an update for those of you that were with us last week and who happened to see the episode on the Honest Foods Company. That yes. was a catering company out of Chicago. We had mentioned that we were going to reach out to them to find out about the food trucks. So if you remember, so you reached they had out to Jennifer. Food trucks. I reached out to Jennifer Beard. Oh, I'll let you set it up first. I cut you off. Sure. Yeah. No problem. So I reached out to Jennifer Beard, um, who was in their marketing uh, team, I believe, over there, mm-hmm. and asked her. I said, Jennifer, you know, we're running the after show. Can you let us know for our viewers which of the two food trucks, whether it was the grilled cheese truck or the snow cone truck, is doing? Better in terms of Put your profits. vote in right now. Write it under the video. Do you think it was the grilled cheese truck or the snow cone truck? Put it in. And uh, she was very gracious, got back to me immediately. Yes. Thanked us for our nice review of their episode yep. and, uh, and told me that they literally just finished filming that episode not three, not three, four weeks ago. These are very, very new. And she said they're still in the process in the city of Chicago of getting all of the proper permits. Right. The permits may take anywhere from three to six months, which is going to put Chicago in the middle of winter. Yeah. So she said, very honestly, these food trucks are probably not going to get out in full force until the spring. Right. They are being used right now for private events, which probably need different licensing than having them out on the actual physical public streets. It's like private event catering, right? Private so event they, catering. Yeah. They can take it out and, you know, sell some cones or whatnot out of it. Uh, but she did say that the team there is super excited about this venture. But they said they also, uh, they did, so yeah. far the, the snow cone was so far the snow what they brought cone, in for the private right. event. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And the snow cone truck is doing well. And people loved it yeah. Yeah, at the private event that they right. were doing. So I right. think that's really uh, really neat that they're able to implement like that. It makes total sense for the city permits and stuff. And, so and again, we'll I mean, I really liked the team at Honest Foods. Yeah. I think they've got a nice product. I think they've got a nice uh, environment. And so we really, really wish you all the best on yeah. foods in chicago absolutely and we should get you to skype in join us on the show sometime oh, yeah. and uh and you know who i want on is sweet pete sweet pete i'd like sweet pete to come <laughs> like and join us candy. on the show yeah let's yes. oh yeah, yes send us some candy yeah sweet so we pete. can taste that candy and we'll uh That's we'll right. let everybody know and give and you, you know a good what, review this is part, one of the things i love about the profit is that you know they will have some of those review episodes yes where you know four or five um episodes in they'll, they'll do a check review in. and and i like watching those to see like whatever happened to these guys yeah. how are they doing that's been great so those will be nice to see this has been very good and uh you know another just kind of a side piece of news did you see that marcus had a lawsuit that uh, was happening right now no so i know nothing about this so he was being sued or he is being sued by a woman uh from a an, a competing rv Oh. Uh, camp. So she an RV rental place. Uh, he rents RVs with Camping World. Yes, that's how he got his his 
his that was his first business yeah that was his first big money maker and it still is that's where he spends most of his time Mm -hmm. but apparently uh she felt that there were predatory business uh, tactics that were being used to take over her space where she was and to uh knock her out of business she had done 20 million uh in revenue and he came in and took over the space where she was operating out of, and she feels like there was more that happened. It doesn't sound uh, like the mm. character of Marcus. No, I was going to say yeah. that sounds to me like open market business. Yeah, it seems out of character, right? although it doesn't sound like there was anything illegal that was done. She's saying that mm. he had uh, uh, operated in predatory ways and, and unfair business <laughs> she tactics. She may just and... be seeing how much success he is having. Overall, well, as a businessman, and thought, you know, yeah, I think he, I, I think he was actively com- competing for the space that she was operating out of. But there's nothing illegal with no, that. No, there's nothing yeah. illegal about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was just in the news, and we'll see where that wow, goes. Wow, we'll keep an eye on that for you folks. He at says home. there's no way that he's going to nego- uh, negotiate that or settle it. No, no, because and for him to say that, he feels he is not in the wrong. Right. Because people yeah. that that are sort of on the fence think, oh, I don't want this to get ugly. I'll just settle. And and so if sure. he's um, standing behind that. So uh, because it's so not like it doesn't happen. There are people out there that oh, will sure. operate in predatory ways and have yeah. unfair business mm-hmm. tactics and do everything that they can to put a, biz- a business out of business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Freddie Laker had that with Lakers Airlines is one of the many. Mm. But uh, the major airlines all uh, got together and British Airways and some other airlines to put him out of business mm. to. Uh, do unfair competition, right. and he ended up winning. His creditors uh, won a lawsuit for about seventy to eighty million pounds. Oh wow! Uh, which is yeah, quite substantial. It's yes. about one hundred and fifty thousand, probably or one hundred fifty million. One hundred fifty. No, I said seventy eighty thousand. I meant seventy eighty million. Seven, seventy eighty million yeah, pounds. pounds back then. That would have been about right. two hundred and thirty. Is that the yeah, million okay, global US. gab? I had to do a global currency. A lot, no, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot, lot of money. money. Uh, they did put about a business but he won that lawsuit um in this case i don't think it sounds like she has much to stand on um well again we'll keep uh, we'll keep you in the know on that one yes we will and uh, marcus come join us on the show we want you and uh, kathy ireland we want you mm-hmm. uh come and join us and any of the people that are uh, have done business with marcus let us know come in and mm-hmm. we can either skype you in or you can come and join us on our couch and we can have some great Absolutely. conversations we want to get a lot of guests on the season so with that said we're going to say good night and then next week remember it's katarina kazaya's all on her own while i'm in Hawaii, somebody has to go. <laughs> Katarina Kazayas, where can we get a hold of you? Please stay with me here at AfterBuzz and <laughs> out of AfterBuzz at Katarina Kazayas. That's across all social media platforms. I would love to gab with you. That's right. And I'm Chris Howard, and I don't gab quite as much, but you can reach out to me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find me at legendarylivingdaily.com. Get daily entrepreneurial tips there and legendarylivingtv.com for YouTube. And with that, remember to download on iTunes, download the podcast of this, uh, go to the videos, rate us five stars, check it out, subscribe, follow us. We want you, communicate with us. We got a great call in here today. Yeah. He was obviously by <laughs> accident, but, but that's all right. right. I know we have at least one you. fan. And with that, uh, I'll be having myself, Katarina Kazayas and AfterBuzz TV. We will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.